RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McElindon. The headlines, the Democratic Party threatens a no-confidence motion over the Justice Secretary's failure to fully explain her department's decision not to prosecute CY Leung. Kowloon City Councillors say their area is being overwhelmed by a massive influx of low-budget mainland tours. And families of two Hong Kong activists detained in Japan demand more help from the city's immigration department. The Democratic Party says it's prepared to move a motion of no confidence against the Secretary for Justice, Theresa Cheng, if she fails to give a reasonable explanation for the decision to not prosecute former leader CY Leung. The Department of Justice, or DOJ, said there was insufficient evidence to press charges over an undeclared $50 million payment Ms. Leung accepted before taking office. Yesterday, Ms. Cheng said the DOJ would seek outside legal opinion only in cases involving its own staff. But critics say this isn't in line with previous practice. At a protest outside Justice Place, Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting accused Ms. Cheng of reinterpreting long-standing policy. Theresa uh, Cheng reinterpret the guideline that it should be an obvious bias perception. Then the department have to hire a, an external solicitor, which is not the accurate interpretation of the guideline. I don't know whether... The secretary uh, re- revised the guideline on her own or not. If that's the case, she should have announced the decision and explained the decision. Kowloon City District Councillors say low-budget mainland tours are causing a nuisance and they want the government to limit the number visiting the district. Roger Kwan from the DAB party believes the problem will worsen with the approach of the New Year holiday. He says he expects mainland visitor arrivals in the district to surge to 12,000 per day before and after Chinese New Year when hotel prices are cheaper. Democratic Party District Councillor Kenny Lai agrees. He described the problems the tourists brought to the area. There are noise pollution and there are many rubbish produced by the traveller. And there are many tourists, so residents cannot pass through in a row or in a, or in the street. There are so many coach, so there are traffic jams easily caused by them. The families of two Hong Kong activists detained in Japan after protesting at a shrine dedicated to the country's war dead won the SER's immigration department to take them to visit the pair. Relatives of Alex Kwok and Yim Man Wa say it's unfair that the department spent, sent two staff to Hokkaido to help a senior police officer hurt in a Christmas Day car crash, but had not done as much as to help them. The families say immigration officers should accompany them to Japan to visit Mr Kwok and Ms Yim. They say Mr Kwok's been on hunger strike over his treatment by Japan. Japanese police since his arrest on December the 12th. A government news portal says a Canadian man is to appear before a court in northeastern Liaoning province on Saturday for drugs charges. It comes amid frosty relations between Beijing and Ottawa. The Liaoning People's High Court identified the man as Robert Lloyd Schellenberg. In a brief statement published on Wednesday, the court said he was appealing in a drug smuggling case but gave no further details. The mainland still has the death penalty for drug trafficking. President Trump has used a surprise Christmas visit to U.S. troops in Iraq to defend his decision to pull American forces out of Syria. He also declared the U.S. will no longer be the world's policeman. He said if other nations want the U.S. to do the fighting, they'll have to pay for it. America shouldn't be doing the fighting for every nation on Earth, not being reimbursed in many cases at all. If they want us to do the fighting... They also have to pay a price 
And sometimes that's also a monetary price. So we're not the suckers of the world. We're no longer the suckers, folks. And people aren't looking at us as suckers. During his visit to an airbase west of Baghdad, President Trump spoke to the Iraqi Prime Minister over the telephone and invited him to Washington. The authorities in Indonesia have rerouted all air traffic around the erupting Anak Krakatau volcano. The Indonesian Air Traffic Agency said the step had been taken due to ash being spewed out by the volcano, which lies between the islands of Java and Sumatra. The alert level has been raised and the restriction zone around the volcano has been extended to five kilometres. Last week, the volcano caused a tsunami, which killed more than 400 people. Japan has executed two inmates on death row. Reports say the two were hanged at a detention centre in Osaka Prefecture. The hangings bring the total number of executions in Japan this year to 15. In July, the leader and 12 members of the Om Shrinkiryo cult were, cult were hanged for carrying out a nerve gas attack on the Tokyo metro system in 1995. President Vladimir Putin says he's watched the final tests of a new nuclear-capable hypersonic missile that Russia will deploy next year. He said the avant-garde system could penetrate any existing or next-generation missile defence system. Moscow says the missile launched in the Ural Mountains hit a target 6,000 kilometres away. Russia last week blamed the United States for the breakdown of international arms control. The Russian leader praised the new weapon. The new avant-garde system cannot be intercepted by any existing or prospective missile defence system of a potential enemy. It's a great success and a great victory. Starting next year, the new intercontinental strategic system avant-garde will enter service. It's a wonderful, excellent New Year's gift to the nation. The United Nations-led ceasefire monitoring team has met for the first time in the enemy port of Hod. Hodeida, which plays a vital role in efforts to deliver desperately needed food aid to the country. Plans to secure a truce in the city were reportedly discussed as agreed at recent peace talks. The ceasefire is already supposed to be in place, but there's been continued sporadic fighting. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnston. At recent peace talks, the warring parties agreed there should be a truce in Hodeida. It formally began more than a week ago, but sporadic fighting has continued. Now a ceasefire monitoring committee has held its first meeting. Under a UN-appointed Dutch general, it brings together both the government and the rebels. There are reports that they engaged in in-depth discussion of an effort to implement the agreed truce, which is meant to involve the two sides eventually pulling their forces out of Hodeida. Sunday's presidential election in the Democratic Republic of Congo has been postponed until March in three areas. The authorities say it's been done because of insecurity and an outbreak of the Ebola virus. The decision means the votes of more than a million people will be cancelled because the new president's due to be sworn in by the middle of January. President Joseph Kabila was due to step down two years ago. The US Supreme Court judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg has left hospital following cancer surgery and has returned home. The 85-year-old justice had cancer nodules removed from her lungs. She's previously been treated for other cancers. Judges on the highest court in the US serve for life or until they retire. Ms. Ginsburg's a popular figure among US liberals and her supporters and have ex- they've expressed concern that if anything happens to her, she'd be replaced by a conservative justice. Two widows of Sherpas who died on Mount Everest have announced they'll climb the world's highest mountain to complete the unfinished ascents of their late husbands. Verdiki and Nima say they want to inspire women to take on challenges. Here's the BBC's Charlotte Gallagher. 
Climbing Everest is a dream for many mountaineers, but it's also incredibly dangerous. Since 1922, almost 300 people have been killed. A third of them have been Sherpas, the Nepalese climbers who guide foreigners to the top. Fadiki and Nima's husbands both died on the mountain in separate instance in 2013 and 2014. Now the women have announced that they will try to complete the climb their partners never finished. Fadiki said she was un undertaking the expedition to show that widows can accomplish even the hardest of challenges. A 33-year-old American man has become the first person to cross Antarctica alone and unassisted. Colin O'Brady finished in 53 days ahead of a British Army captain who'd been racing him across the ice. Here's the BBC's Lisa Costello. Colin O'Brady and a British Army captain, Louis Rudd, set out on their gruelling 1,500-kilometre race on the 3rd of November. It's a feat of daring and endurance that has eluded adventurers for more than 100 years and which claimed the life of another British man two years ago. O'Brady had been aiming to complete the dangerous trek across Earth's coldest continent by January, but hours spent training for the harsh conditions doing a 700-kilometre practice running Greenland paid off. A French adventurer has set off to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a barrel-shaped capsule, using ocean currents alone to propel him. The 71-year-old left the Spanish island of El Hierro and hopes to reach the Caribbean some 4,500 kilometres away in as little as three months. Here's the BBC's Steve Jackson. Jean-Jacques Savin's capsule is made of reinforced plywood exactly like a barrel, but that's where the similarity ends. To help him survive thousands of kilometres at sea, it also has a kitchen, a sleeping bunk and space to store food and a few bottles of wine, which he's planning to drink at New Year and on his 72nd birthday. Mr Savan will drop off markers to help oceanographers study Atlantic currents. He's optimistic that he'll drift to the Caribbean without the need for a sail, oars or an engine. But he could be in for a long voyage if he's wrong. Hong Kong stocks ended the morning session up, with investors heartened by Wall Street's best performance in nine years. Stock markets in the United States saw significant rises, with the Dow up nearly 5% and the Nasdaq rising by nearly 6%. This contrasts strongly with the run-up to Christmas, when stocks suffered their worst weekly falls in a decade, as concerns grew over the partial shutdown of the government and President Trump's criticism of the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Here's the BBC's Kim Gittleson. Actually, this is a remarkable turnaround because on the S&P 500, every single company except one finished the day up. So what's behind this? Some have pointed to good retail data, which suggested that Americans once more spent heavily. It's also the holiday season, so volatility and volumes are quite low. So it could just be that a few happy traders really lifted the spirits of the entire market. But I think a lot of what's happening here is that we are seeing one really good day of performance, but it doesn't necessarily outweigh what's been happening for the entire year. And the price of gold has hit a six-month high amid fears of slowing global growth and economic volatility, especially in the US. The precious metal is viewed as a safe haven for investors in times of uncertainty. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,809. That's 157 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $26 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.85 yen, the euro standing at 1 US dollar 13 cents, and the pound's worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 91 cents. Now to sports and here's Atom Joan. 
We start with football. Liverpool have gone six points clear at the top of the English Premier League. Mohamed Salah, Dejan Lovren, Sheridan Shakiri, and Fabinho were on target as Liverpool beat Newcastle 4-0 at Anfield. Their manager Jurgen Klopp insists the title race is far from over. The only thing what is important to us is that the level of performance, which we obviously can keep in the moment. We have to keep it. That's how it is. And um, for the moment, it's obviously it's good. It will be a race until the, the final day. That's how it is. But we are in it. That's important. That we are in and around. In the moment, we are on the top. But that's only for the moment important. All the rest is just what we do is constantly creating a basis for the rest of the season. Tottenham are now Liverpool's closest challengers after an emphatic 5-0 win over Bournemouth. Son Heung-min, who scored twice for Spurs, says he's happy to see his team challenge for the title. You know, I played here now fourth season and we've been always so close, but no one actually talking about it. And now because we're second, that's why... You know, of course, it's a bit, uh, a bit inter- interesting and staying in the second of table, but it's very important. You know, it's the, uh, we don't stop. The champions, Manchester City, dropped to third after losing 2-1 at Leicester. Ricardo sealed all three points for Leicester with a spectacular winner nine minutes from time. Manchester City had midfielder Fabian Delft sent off. Manager Pep Guardiola says his team need to play positive football. Well, it's quite similar. We started quite well. We scored. We we didn't concede the first time they arrived. We we conceded a goal, and uh, we're in that period. They they don't the opponent don't create too much, and and they punish every time. Mentally, we are like a little confident in front in that situation. We have to 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 realize that we have to work harder. Chelsea are fourth in the table after winning 2-1 at Watford with Eden Hazard scoring twice. Arsenal were held to a one-all draw at Brighton who ended a three-game losing streak. Arsenal now two points behind Chelsea. Paul Pogba scored twice as Manchester United made it back-to-back wins under caretaker manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They were 3-1 winners over bottom side Huddersfield. We finish with basketball. The NBA-leading Toronto Raptors escaped Miami with a scrappy victory over the Heat. Danny Green hit the go-ahead three-pointer for Toronto with 22 seconds left. Miami then missed three shots on the game's final possession, and the visitors won 106-104. Kawhi Leonard had a game-high 30 points in the win. The San Antonio Spurs beat the Western Conference-leading Denver Nuggets 111-103, behind 30 points from DeMar DeRozan. And that's you look at sports. And to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The Democratic Party threatens a no-confidence motion over the Justice Secretary's failure to fully explain her department's decision not to prosecute CY Leung. And Kowloon City councillors say their area is being overwhelmed by a massive influx of low-budget mainland tours. That's the news from RTHK.
twists where something's always at stake where something's always so far what about my broken car what about my life so far what about my dream what about what about everything what about aeroplanes and what about ships that drank the sea what about what about the moon and stars what about soldier battle scars and all the Time for fun. I think about time for. 